Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom. This is a Middle East Review TV7. Another month has passed, another uh, month of turbulence around the world, especially here in the Middle East. And what a month has it been here for the Middle East? First and foremost, a new government in Israel after 12 years, successive years of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu at the helm as the Prime Minister of Israel. We have a new Prime Minister and a new government. We will find out with my uh, colleague and friend, Iran uh, Lerman, uh, if there will be any changes or does, what does it bode for the Middle East, for Iran, Palestinians. Also, uh, this uh, month we have seen, actually last week, a new president, which will get into his office uh, August 8th in Iran. The butcher from Tehran, Raisi, is the new uh, radical of radicals, um, very extreme, anti-Western, anti-Judeo-Christian uh, heritage, a very dangerous man. He is the new um, president of Iran. We'll see what that means for all of us in the Middle East and, and beyond. And then we saw this uh, past month also the first uh, visit of um, Joe Biden, President Biden, outside of the United States. His first one was to Europe to bolster the relationship and also the position of NATO and, uh, the, and Europe vis-a-vis -vis, uh, Russia, vis-a-vis -vis China. Very interesting. He met uh, Putin. He also met Erdogan. And we will find out what happened in this meeting as well. Uh, another thing which we will discuss today is the, uh, um, let's say, the contacts for new understandings between Israel and the Hamas following uh, the campaign of um, Guardian of uh, uh, the Swords. And we'll see if we will are coming across any solutions that uh, may, may help to calm down the situation in Israel's southern border and in Gaza. And the last thing, if we have time, we will try to find out what has happened in the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan in this past Few three months. In any case, Iran, <coughs> welcome and great to see you again. Please, what is, uh, what is your take about the new government in Israel? What should we expect? What should the Palestinians, what should the Iranians, Putin, well, Biden? Quite frankly, um, the foreign policy agenda of uh, Bennett and Lapid, who jointly uh, guide uh, this new, uh, very uh, unusual coalition that extends from the uh, left, uh, the almost, I would say, the hard left uh, of Israeli uh, politics, including a non-Zionist Arab party, um, which is actually right-wing on certain things, and but, but also outside the... Uh, Zionist spectrum, all the very way right, to... Very right-wing, all GLBT. Uh, uh, yes, this is what they broke uh, with their other Arab partners over. So they're in a conservative Islamist party. Some people are saying that we are now copying the Jordanian model. We are bringing <laughs> uh, elements of the Muslim Brotherhood 
into the embrace of politics uh, where they would be modified by their experience. We shall see if this works. But beyond that, it extends all the way to a party that was to the right of Likud, uh, perhaps even more than one party. Uh, Both uh, uh, the the leaders, uh, uh, Bennett uh, in in his party, a small party, which uh, somehow was uh, nevertheless did not hinder him from uh, attaining the prime ministership for the next two years, but also Gidon Saar, and for many years a Likud mainstay, uh, broke with Netanyahu, he's not the first one for whom this has happened, uh, also to the right of Netanyahu on many matters. So this is not a, a left-wing government, but it is a more pragmatist government, and it doesn't carry the baggage. Pragmatist Iran by the, the virtue of it being so diverse, left and right together. And center. But would, could that uh, bring into a, a stalemate or paralysis, uh, certainly when it comes to the Palestinian conflict? Uh, Iran, I would assume that there is a consensus in Israel that Iran must never have the bomb. Not just in Israel. Not just in Israel, but I mean in, in this government. Um, they don't differ mm-hmm. on, on the Iranian question. The music is the same music. The... Uh, the substance is, is also the same. However, in terms of how do you deal with the American administration, do you position yourself deliberately, knowingly, as uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu did, uh, in an adversarial position, uh, which, whether it is uh, right or not, he may have been acting in, in, in as he saw Uh, the interests of Israel (coughs) require him to act. But nevertheless, the perception in Washington was that he was playing partisan politics. This government at least comes in without that baggage. Mm -hmm. It can speak to the Republicans. It can speak to the Democrats. uh, It it does not speak from a position of entanglement in, uh, in, in American politics. Uh, it is not working for the Biden administration, but it is capable of working with the Biden administration. So um, the, the dialogue uh, of the chief of staff of the IDF, uh, Aviv Kochavi, Who is there uh, just this week. Within, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes, the, the end of June. And uh, the, the trip, the farewell trip of uh, the outgoing president of Israel, uh, Rivlin, a uh, highly popular uh, figure internationally, um, a, a smiling face, so to speak, but also able to deliver uh, the messages, and he's been well briefed uh, on the on the Iranian. All of this uh, is in and an attempt to modify Iran, the agreement. President Rivlin, the outgoing president, actually, this is like his uh, farewell uh, uh, gift or party that the Americans throw for him because they appreciate him. Uh, is that when he comes back, he's going to bring a present for Bennett. And what could be a present for Bennett? An invitation to the White House next month. Presumably. Um, <clears throat> the, the Americans are going ahead uh, with an agreement. Um, they have not been deterred by the election of Raisi, despite the, uh, the ugly history of this individual. At the same time, the language that came out of Cornwall G7, and even uh, from uh, Villa Lagrange, uh, uh, the uh, Putin summit with Biden, was 
quite specific. Uh, the United States remains committed to ensuring that Iran will never have the bomb. So we have the same goal. We are advancing towards that goal uh, on two different paths that do not, I believe, do not necessarily contradict uh, a diplomatic effort, but a diplomatic effort aimed at retaining some leverage on Iran even after an agreement is reached so that there will be uh, uh, another stage down the road. And Israel must retain its freedom of action, including military action, because that actually complements the, uh, the future diplomatic game. Speaking of uh, freedom of action in Israel and uh, keeping Israel's uh, uh, sovereignty, I would say, to take actions to defend itself, was quite an interesting attack, so they claim the Iranians, of a very important uh, facility uh, producing uh, high-level uh, centrifuges that was attacked by a drone, by an attack drone. Uh, evidently, there was some damage. I guess there's some damage assessment at this point, if uh, this was uh, serious or not. Um, but I think this was also, whoever did it, I think was going to signal to everyone that no matter what happens in Vienna with the negotiations, somebody's well, watching, the Iranians. Well, uh, I think that um, regardless of the question of what is <coughs> attributed or attributable to Israel or not, I think the fact that the Iranians feel half naked, that uh, their um, facilities uh, from time to time uh, go through uh, all sorts of mysterious crises, that uh, some of their senior uh, uh, scientists, scientists and, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and, sure. and weapon experts yeah. have uh, uh, met with um, incidents of this sort or the other. I think that actually is in itself a reminder that they cannot um, go and, 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 and establish some kind of secret program behind the scenes, if, if this is the level of penetration, intelligence penetration, uh, that they are now uh, exposed to. The, so this in itself plays a, a deterrent role and enhances the likelihood of a better agreement if uh, the, the, the West will uh, make up uh, its mind to insist. Yeah. On, on what is absolutely vital, not only to Israel, but to the region and, and to international stability. Absolutely. And uh, uh, our, uh, the Israel's uh, foreign minister, new foreign minister, Yair Lapid, has been invited and he's going to the Gulf. He's going right. to uh, meet with the uh, MBZ and uh, other leaders. And that the momentum of the normalization of relations continues even after Bibi Netanyahu. And of course, the interests are the same regardless of who runs the country here or there. Now, on the Palestinian question, uh, look, this is not a government that can take uh, historic decisions, but frankly, this does not produce paralysis. There is paralysis. There's, not, there's nothing happening um, in the Israeli-Palestinian negotiations since uh, Mahmoud Abbas promised Obama in March 2014, that's seven, more than seven years ago, he promised him a response to the Kerry Initiative and never came back, never, never offered 
a Palestinian vision. And what was the uh, the the um, stick or the stumbling stone for the Palestinians? Not well, recognizing Israel as a Jewish state, something well, which is so simple, which is so deep, which should be so. Uh, I, I, I to, to be even more precise, I prefer to put it in language which is um, more related to, let's say, the discourse on rights. They refuse to recognize Israel as the embodiment of the right of the Jewish people to self-determination. That's exactly. longer but more precise. You say Jewish state, in what sense? What does it mean? Is it religiously Jewish or ethnically Jewish or whatever? And, and, no, and we are yes. talking about a people. Right. And, and every time we have a conversation, mm-hmm. uh, my Palestinian friend says, but the Jews are a religion. <laughs> and uh, my answer is, Yehudi, uh, Adin, well, Yehud, Shab, People. Judaism is a religion, but it is the religion of a people. Absolutely. Well, it's right. You know, they cannot take the Jewish DNA from the Jewish state, no matter what they do. It's just uh, uh, they're trying just to, uh, I don't know, ignore reality, ignore history. Uh, it's, it's quite uh, legitimized the Zionist project. Abs- right. Exactly. And uh, but you're talking about, you know, in, in diplomacy, we know and in the relations between countries, there is reciprocity. Israel, through the Oslo Accords, has recognized the right of the Palestinians for self-determination. They did not reciprocate. They did not do in kind. And the fact that they do not want to recognize Israel as a Jewish state, which is how we determine ourselves, and this is a right to do that. For 4,000 years we have been doing it. So for them not to do it, that goes again to the point that maybe they are not serious. Maybe there is no partner. They're, they do not want really a peace which will bring down or uh, uh, all the walls between the peoples, which will uh, bring about peaceful coexistence and, and historic relations. No, they want a piece of paper upon which they can really destroy the state of Israel. So more than they want to build a state of their own, which has never existed in history, they want to destroy the Jewish state. This is probably um, something that still needs to be explained clearly to some of our friends in the West. But given that this is the situation, and in addition you have a leader who's serving the 14th year of a four-year term um, with uh, serious questions of of corruption and and repression uh, attached to, to his uh, governance in Ramallah, nothing compared to the corruption and destruction and, and repression in Gaza, but bad enough. Um, the one thing this government can do and will do is work on practical matters to make the lives of Palestinians better. Even that can run into snags uh, because of this these, uh, exaggerated Palestinian uh, sense of grievance. This happened uh, over the vaccinations that Israel was uh, willing to provide to, to the Palestinian Authority, but they were uh, uh, about to, to uh, the end of June, they had dates. They could have been used before it, but the Palestinians immediately jumped on, on, on a technicality. Um, it's a complicated relationship, but at the end of the day, this government will be, will, uh, I believe, will be taking steps uh, on this front in coordination with the American administration and above all in coordination with our key neighbors, the Egyptians, 
who are working very hard to stabilize the situation in Gaza, and the Jordanians who have a vested interest in stability in the West Bank. So basically, Iran, you don't see much difference in Israel's um, policy uh, since the constant interests, you know, prevail. So with Iran, I don't think there is any daylight between this government and the former government. Uh, on the Palestinians, probably also, uh, there is not much you can do because their lack of partner on the other side. So what can be different is really maybe the style or intimacy of relations with the Biden administration. That's a very important element. I think the Biden administration is uh, aware of the fragility of this government, and therefore they, will un- they are likely to understand that uh, there's only so much traffic that it will bear on the larger issues that, uh, that are the matter of uh, principle, uh, like the two-state solution. But when it comes to uh, more practical matters, this will be a government that will uh, work more closely with the administration. I believe it is also a a constellation in Israel that can do much more than has been done in recent years to patch up uh, relations with American Jewry. Uh, which is an important part of Israeli policy mm-hmm. and of Israeli um, position in uh, in American life. Um, there have been serious differences uh, over, for example, the legitimacy of the non-Orthodox denominations of American Jewry. The previous government has alienated uh, elements of uh, that historically have been committed to Israel. Uh, this, the, the uh, basic uh, points, basic lines, guidance uh, of the new government includes a commitment to an effort in this direction. A man with uh, an extensive uh, experience of working with American Jewry has been appointed uh, Minister for Diaspora Affairs. Nachman uh, Shai, uh, our legendary IDF spokesman in the, uh, during the uh, War of 91, but later the director in Israel of United, what used to be called UJC, now it's called Jaffna. And, uh, and this relationship, I think, is as important as any, not only for the Jewish people's coherence, but also for Israel's national uh, so security. we definitely can expect uh, strengthening uh, the relationship, uh, better understandings, and less friction, I would say. Less friction. I should hope. Um, a- absolutely. So... If, as long as we stay on the Palestinian issue, let's pivot a little bit from Ramallah to Gaza. And again, following the uh, the campaign, after uh, 4,600 4, missiles launched by uh, Hamas over Israel, um, ceasefire uh, was achieved. And the, Pal- the, the, the Hamas people have expected already by now to count the money coming from Qatar and uh, uh, more uh, relief on the ground and in the sea for them to be able to uh, uh, go much farther into the uh, economic waters of Israel to, to fish, you know, for their uh, fishermen. This has not happened because there are no understandings whatsoever. It seems like the negotiations or the talks through the Egyptians is very tough. What can we expect uh, maybe in Cairo next week? Because right now I understand that there is no 
contacts uh, whatsoever? Well, uh, one of the key issues, uh, which has been a matter of contention for, for years now, uh, is the uh, Israeli demand to retrieve the bodies of two of an officer and a soldier who were killed, and most of the remains, if I may say so, are in the hands of Hamas. Uh, we know enough to be sure that they are not alive, but uh, but uh, the families expect the bodies to be brought back to burial uh, in an honorable fashion. There are also two uh, mentally unbalanced individuals, one, Civilians, yeah. one Bedouin and one uh, young Israeli of uh, Ethiopian origin, who crossed over to the Gaza, to over into Gaza uh, uh, of their own volition, but they are held by Hamas as hostages in a in a manner uh, that that basically defies all all human norms, uh, and they are seeking uh, in, in for in. in return for their release. They are seeking um, the release from Israeli jails of uh, hundreds, maybe more uh, people who have been convicted of terrorist crimes. So um, this is a stumbling block mm -hmm. because the position of the families vis-a-vis -vis the Israeli government is generates a very strong sentiment of support among Israelis. We saw this with uh, uh, Corporal Gilad Shalit, who was abducted and, and taken into Gaza, uh, but it's still also relevant uh, in this in the case of Avera Mengistu, for example, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, the two bodies, uh, Goldin and uh, Shaul, uh, Oran Shaul and uh, Hadar Goldin. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless there's a breakthrough there, I, I fail to see how we can move to the next stage in which Israel is willing to offer quite uh, extensive uh, concessions that would make life in, in Gaza more, livable, uh, more, more easily livable, more, more productive. Uh, there have been some small measures, exports of uh, Gaza agricultural goods, exports to Israel of, uh, of textiles, etc. There are some measures that already are being taken. Uh, of course, uh, vac vaccinations are going in. But uh, the broader arrangement is being held up over this issue. Yeah. So we will have to wait. And um, I mean, our hearts go out for uh, our people in the south, Israeli in the south, which live in the Gaza uh, border, where uh, they're still being harassed by, uh, if not rockets, then they have these fire balloons where they just... Uh, blow up balloons, uh, sometimes with some explosives, uh, which burn out their, their fields and sometimes their crops. This is something that um, hopefully this government will put an end to it. And uh, But again, it shows the character of uh, the, the Hamas. Uh, My heart also goes out to the people of Gaza who yeah. are Absolutely. held hostage by a terrorist organization Absolutely. that has clearly does not have their interests in mind. Absolutely. But uh, the government and the IDF institutionally have made it very clear that there will be no return to the realities of recent years in which these incendiary attacks or, uh, or a rocket here and a rocket there were sort of tolerated. And there was a sense among the people who live near Gaza that the, the Israel at large, the, 
the happy, boisterous life of Tel Aviv and, and, and the political business of Jerusalem go on while they are suffering. I, I think this is a legitimate grievance mm -hmm. and needs to be answered with a firm um, re-establishment of deterrence. Yeah. And this, is the, this was the goal of the campaign itself in May, and this remains the, the, the goal of the yeah. IDF. Well, Iran, let me go back with your permission to the issue of Iran, which I think, again, looms very, very large over the entire globe, unfortunately, because security and stability, prosperity of the entire world is pretty much dependent how the Vienna or how the agreement, if there is an agreement with the Iran, uh, will, uh, will conclude. There are Western intelligence uh, services that um, are, that in, in their assessment, after Raisi's, uh, the butcher from uh, Tehran uh, election as president, they said there are three different scenarios. One is that the, um, the Iranians would try to uh, sign the agreement before he gets into office, so he doesn't have to contend with that because he was against the agreement, and he would take it as a fait accompli and take it uh, over, one scenario. The second one is that maybe the Iranians are waiting for Raisi to be installed in office and then he will sign so he can get the credit for it among the Iranian people, you know, once the sanctions are, are lifted. And then there is the third one, which I, I believe is the most dangerous, where the Iranians are going to just play and procrastinate. And as they procrastinate and uh, put more hurdles on the negotiations, they continue and run with their program so they can get more leverage once they have a critical mass of uranium and they can get a much better deal vis-a-vis -vis the power well, five. And I would say that uh, what, this is a very plausible, not certain, but a plausible explanation of what we are seeing, which is why uh, I keep on saying that diplomacy cannot succeed unless it is backed by a credible military threat, preferably uh, internationally, but if necessary, Israeli. That's a very, very important point. In June, we marked 40th, this June, we marked the 40th anniversary of the Begin Doctrine. Uh, the international community reacted violently when Israel destroyed the Osirak uh, reactor in, 1981. in Baghdad. In 1981. Uh, it was within 10 years, everyone recognized the wisdom of that action when Saddam Hussein conquered uh, Kuwait and the international community could uh, respond because he could not deter it by, uh, through possession of a nuclear military capability. So, um, and then came, of course, in, in 2007, the operation in, in Syria, which was not uh, officially acknowledged until 2018. But uh, the Begin Doctrine is alive and well and validated by history. Thank you, Iran. Very good point. And uh, I really wanted to discuss Turkey and the meeting between Biden and uh, Erdogan, uh, but I'm not sure we have time at this show. We have had so many issues in the last uh, month uh, to discuss, uh, very important issues, and we did not have time to discuss Jordan. But I don't... Uh, uh, mind so much not discussing that because Jordan is a timeless issue. It will be important next time. And it will meet. be important next time. The strategic relations Israel and Jordan are a linchpin for calm in the Middle East. True enough.
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.